What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. If you are a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. If the show is helpful for you, it might be good for other people. So please share the show on your social media pages and rate us and review us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and all the other podcast formats that are out there today. On today's show, we're going to address a question about uh, scripture, uh, the Song of Songs specifically, and and what did the author intend when the author wrote that she was black but beautiful? Um, is that trying to say that black is not beautiful? Is that a biblical attack on blackness? And so we're going to address that really good question that came in actually a while back, back in February. Uh, I just was able to get to it now. And so super excited to talk about that. But before we get to that conversation, I want to share with you a glory story. Yes, my glory story uh, is is this. Uh, it was really cool. I <laughs> it's the simple things that just bring joy to my life. So at Sacred Heart, we had a, a father daughter dance tonight, and uh, so I was obviously my church, and so I was there with all the dads and their daughters, and the granddads and their daughters, and uh, granddaughters, and and I just loved hanging out with all my spiritual daughters and uh, dancing with them and playing with them and hanging out with them and laughing with them and fellowshipping with the dads. It was, it just brought so much joy. I just, I love, and yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it's so cool because, I mean, these, these these students, they really see me as their spiritual father and because it's it's a real paternity. And uh, and I, I do see them as my daughters and, and I see my, my boys as my sons. Uh, but yeah, so my glory story is just I had so much fun. I had so much fun hanging out with the dads and dancing with the daughters and uh it was just it was a great gift and so yeah these are moments and memories that these girls will remember for the rest of their lives you know coming to this dance with their dads or their grandpas yeah it was just ah so good so with that let's just go ahead and get into today's show So our question comes in from Bonnie. Father Josh, can you please offer an insight to the Song of Solomon? Chapter 1, verse 5. I heard a teaching given on this recently that the bride was blackened because of her sin. And had she only looked after her own vineyard, she would not be dark. Essentially, the teaching equated sin and exile as her mark of blackness. As a black woman, I cannot receive this. I won't. Surely this is not true. Please offer some insight here. Well, Bonnie, I want to affirm your resistance to that interpretation because you shouldn't receive that because that is, that's not what was going on. I think context is everything, Bonnie. And so 
um, anti-black racism uh, really, you know, is especially here in, in the 21st century, it's, it's, it's a product of, of chattel slavery in America, not of the inspired and errant infallible word of God in the Bible. So let's do some history first in like the American context, and then we'll get to the actual biblical context. And so like, where does this idea that black is not beautiful even come from? A lot of people might be shocked to, to discover that it came from Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, who in 1786, he published a book that was written after the Declaration of Independence called Notes on the State of Virginia. So uh, a lot of historians will, uh, they believe that he was writing this book while he was actually writing and helping write the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and in this book, though, he writes about his beloved state and he writes about all of his property in Virginia. And he mentions the mountains and the valleys and the pastures and the cities. But then he also writes about his human property, the enslaved Africans. And so in the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson says that he believes that all men are created equal and everyone should have access to life and the love and to the pursuit of happiness. But he did not believe that the enslaved Africans were to be considered as, as men because he described them in his book as property. So whenever he was at the height of his slave holding capacity, he owned over 900 uh, black slaves on his plantation labor camp. So he had a lot of, of men and women and boys and girls who he was disrespecting their dignity as, as, as humans. And he tried to justify his belief that the black slaves should not have access to the very things that he risked his life for, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for all men. Because in the, in, in the book, Notes on the State of Virginia, he explains this. He says that, that blacks just really aren't people. And that's why they shouldn't have access to everything that he's fighting for in his country. Using vulgar language, he discusses the ways that black skin is less beautiful than white skin. He addresses what he calls the curious fact that blacks need less sleep than white people. He says that their cognitive skills are, are less than, and he claims that their imaginations are tasteless and deviant. And he says that the reason that blacks are inferior to white people are because of these. And so he is the one who kind of gave this, this idea um, that, that black is less than white. Like prior to the category of white, like people of European de descent, European ethnicities, they describe themselves as Irish. Like you didn't say I'm white. You said I'm Irish or I'm Italian or, or Sicilian, depending on what kind of Italian you're like. Some people are like, I'm Italian. Others like, I'm a Sicilian, right? Some would say I'm Polish. Others would say I'm German. People didn't say I'm white. It was you describe yourself by your ethnicity. Um, and so uh, unfortunately, as, as time went on, uh, the European ethnicities began to go to court to prove that they should be identified as white citizens in the USA because of the legal benefits that came with the identity of white. And so that's why, why we have this distinction, because if you were identified as black, then you could be a slave. If you're identified as black, then you couldn't own property. If you're identified as black, then even after slavery was over, you had to sit at the back of the bus and you, you couldn't get certain jobs and you couldn't live in certain neighborhoods and you couldn't uh, vote. Like there's all these different things. And so people wanted to make sure that they were legally 
under the identification of, of white. So, so this is kind of the history of this like, black-white stuff. Now, biblically, the context of the Song of Songs, this was written thousands upon thousands of years before the United States of America was ever like discovered uh, by the Europeans. It, it, this was written so long ago, before we ever became the United States of America, the Song of Songs was out there, right? Inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God. The woman who is described in the Song of Songs, uh, she was not an African woman. Now, there are plenty of Africans in the Bible, including the Ethiopian eunuch. St. Mark, St. Mark the Evangelist, the, the Gospel of Mark, he was African. Simon of Cyrene, African descent. Uh, but this woman who is referred to in the Song of Songs was not a black African woman. She was ethnically a Jewish woman who may have had pale skin or brown skin, but she was from the region of Shulam. So while speaking to other Jewish women about her relationship with her lover, she says, do not gaze at me because I am swarthy, because the sun has scorched me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. That's Song of Songs, chapter one. So what happened is this. She had dark skin because she was a noble woman. And as a noble woman, she would have worked inside. But something happened with her and her brothers. And as punishment, she was sent outside to work in the morning, afternoon, evening, and night. And the result of her spending so much time outside was the sun affected her skin. She had like a really bad sunburn, a bad suntan. Uh, we, we've seen sometimes people who, who work outside all day long, the way sometimes their skin could change. That's what was happening to her skin. It wasn't her natural tone. And that's why she said, I'm black, but beautiful. It wasn't I'm black as in I'm an African black woman. It was, I'm been, I've been blackened by the sun and this is not my normal pigment of my skin. She had a really bad reaction to the sun. Is That's what she was, like, for instance, one of my best friends, Father Ruben, he's white, white priest. If he got really sick, then he would become pale. Now, there are some people who are naturally pale and they're beautiful. But if he became pale, I would say something's wrong. You look different. You are white as a ghost. That's, that's not good for you because that's not your natural skin tone. Therefore, something is off. For the woman in the Song of Songs, something was off because she was not naturally black. And so the sun had impacted her, just like an illness can impact a person who has tan skin and make them look more white. Again, if, now if someone's naturally pale, then that's beautiful. Like, but for someone who's not, whoa, something's off here. So that's what's going on in, in, in the scripture. Uh, it's, it's just acknowledging that even though she was being punished by her brothers and forced to work outside and her skin had a negative reaction to being in the sun all day long, like, like I was golfing recently and I got really bad sunburn and my skin started tearing off, right? Uh, and or my, people's skin starts to peel, right? People have different reactions. She says, I'm black but beautiful. Even though I have had a negative reaction to the sun, my lover still finds me beautiful, which ultimately shows us that even whenever we have suffered because of our sins or the sins of others, God still looks at us and says, I delight in you. 
I love you. I want to pursue you. I want to be in a relationship with you. So that was the context. It wasn't the context of this scripture passage. It, it, it shouldn't be read through the lens of our experience of American slavery and of uh, our experience of racism in America. It's, it's, it, and this is the gift of like the historical critical method. Whenever we look at the, the, okay, when was it written? Who was the audience? What was this? All those things help us to have a better understanding of the context of what we just read. So hopefully that was helpful. So there's a big, big difference between the way that in America for many years, black was proclaimed to be less attractive, less beautiful, going all the way back to you know, slavery and Thomas Jefferson being the one to really articulate that from his, from his place of leadership to this, to this scripture passage, which is not the same as what, what he was promoting um, through his, his own brokenness um, and sinfulness. So we pray, for, we pray for him. So what's our response to finding out that Thomas Jefferson wrote these really terrible things in his book on the Notes of Virginia? Our response is to pray Right to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet for him, to offer up our liturgy hours for him, right to to offer up a holy hour of reparation for him, and for the effects, the negative effects that came from his words, the way that people who looked up to him would have then responded and said, "Oh, that's right. Let's continue to perpetuate this lie." All those effects we need to we pray pray for all the people who have been negatively affected throughout the centuries because of that, and so we can do that today. You know, we can offer up those prayers of of reparation, prayers of fasting, prayers of penance. To, to make things right because remember prayers outside of time God he can apply the graces of our prayers outside of time to the past present and, and the future so prayer is pretty pretty amazing actually so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to dive into our saint uh, for the day uh, who unlike the the woman in the scripture he actually he was actually assaulted and persecuted because of the color of his skin, but he persevered by the grace of God and is now a blessed member in the body of Christ. Stay tuned to find out who he is and his story and how his witness can help us to become saints as well. Hi there, I'm Mark Hart, and I want to share with you an exciting new series called Venture, the Bible Timeline for High School. Now, let's be honest. The Bible is easily the most confusing, most misunderstood book of all time. How do these random time periods, these random people, these random stories all fit together and what do they mean for me and for my life? In this study, we're gonna take a journey through the basic story of scripture from Genesis through Revelation, so that by the end of it, teenagers will understand the big picture of salvation history. Because when we come to know the story, we come to know our place in the story. To find out more and get a free preview of this engaging new study, visit ascensionpress.com backslash venture. All right, so we are back. Quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash AskFatherJosh. Uh, you can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. If it's been good for you, it might be good for others as well. Our, our saint for today is a blessed member of the body of Christ. He died in 1905. 1905. So uh, he and I lived in the same century, right? I was born in 1987. He's 1905. Shout out to him. Blessed Francisco de Paula Victor. Uh, he was a priest and he, he grew up actually in slavery. He was born in slavery. And at, at some point, uh, he was freed from slavery and uh, he went on to get an education and uh, to, to cultivate his relationship with Jesus Christ and the sacraments. And, and as he cultivated his relationship with Jesus Christ and the sacraments, he began to desire to become a priest. And the problem is, is he, 
Brazil, he's from Brazil. Brazil was, if we think America was was like, if we think the United States of America was bad when it comes to this, I mean, Brazil was also really, really bad when it came to racism um, in the 1800s and the 1900s. And so he was beaten whenever he expressed a desire to become a priest. And he, uh, he didn't fight back. You know, he, he prayed for the, for, the, for the person who beat him, and he continued to pursue the priesthood. And eventually, uh, he encountered a man who saw a gift in him. And this man was a bishop. And this bishop said, you know what? I'm going to make a way for you to go to seminary. Even if other people in your community keep saying, no, I'm going to get you in seminary. He got in seminary, and unfortunately, the seminarians treated him terrible. They assumed, because of the color of his skin, that he was a servant, and when they found that he was a seminarian, they rejected him and neglected him and uh, did not spend time with him. And this is a shame because these are seminarians. These are guys who feel called to be priests, but yet they're with another member of the body of Christ and they just treated him like trash. But even though they treated him like trash, he was patient with them and he was kind with them. And after spending many years with him in seminary, they began to have conversions because they saw his holiness. And they're like, man, we, we were wrong. Like we... We, uh, we need to repent. And so many of them did repent and, and change. It takes time. Conversion takes time. And it's always hard to tell people, like, when you're walking with somebody, it might be messy, but, like, conversions are, are possible, you know? Um, and so to not give up on people, just like Christ didn't give up on us, we can't give up on people. So he goes through seminary, and eventually he's ordained by his bishop, and he goes to this, this parish. And the problem was the parish he went to, a third of the parishioners still owned slaves. So imagine a third of the parishioners having slaves, and now their new pastor is a, a black man in Brazil who was a slave. So your pastor is a former slave, and you own slaves. They were upset. And so people did not receive communion from him. They didn't receive the sacraments from him. They walked out during his homilies. And again, he stayed, and he was patient with them, and he was kind. And when they cursed him, he blessed them. And when they persecuted him, he prayed for them and fasted for them. He eventually opened up orphanages and began to serve the poor, the poor in his community. And he prayed so much and he served so much and his preaching was like butter. And over time, people began to have conversions just like in the seminary. And they began to repent. Well, then the bishop tried to move him. The bishop tried to give him a new assignment. And the entire parish revolted. And they said, you will not take away our priest. This man is a saint. We love him. He's our pastor. You cannot move him. And so they, they, they went on to love this man who they at first hated for no other reason than because of the color of his skin. And so what does this teach us? This teaches us that when we imitate Jesus, no matter how difficult it may be, over time, lives are transformed. And people who are well on their way to hell have the capacity and the potential to be well on their way to heaven. And we could be the reason, we could be the reason why somebody, why somebody becomes a saint. Because we chose to literally imitate Jesus. We chose to obey the word of God and to bless those who curse us and to pray for those who hurt us and to forgive those who don't even apologize. Ah, when we do this, we see healing we see unity happen. We see conversions happen. It is absolutely possible. So, yeah, we invite you, our brother in Christ, blessed Francesca de Paula Victor, to pray for us. Until next time.
I'll see you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thank you.